0: Hello, and welcome to the uh, Thomas Life & Coffee podcast. My name is Thomas Schillweiss. I am your host, and today we're bringing you another amazing story from Shannon Preston, who is a cancer survivor, but so much more. So Shannon Preston lives in Oregon City, Oregon with her husband and two kids. She is a breast cancer survivor, an avid runner, and a team captain for a Hood to Coast fundraising team. There is two books out. The second one is The Waves of Pink, Two, Common Ground, Uncommon Courage. But she's actually in the first one, The Waves of Pink, Stories of Sisterhood. There you go. <laughs> and uh, Strength and Perseverance. Hers is actually the last chapter called Strength and Perseverance. So I would highly recommend you getting that book as well, because I know I will. And definitely uh, read those stories. So Shannon, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited today.
0: How's your morning been so far? I know you said you had some coffee.
1: Yep, I've got my coffee here and fa- one of my favorite mugs and I'm ready to go.
0: Well, good deal. You said you had a workout this morning?
1: Yep, I had my workout. Di- I got up early and did my workout and I already took my shower and I'm ready for my day.
0: <laughs> so what, what does a workout look f- like for you these days? Well,
1: they're, they're different, but well, right now I'm doing what we call Warrior Room or what, it's a company called Warrior Room. They have online Zooms and then they have in-person workouts okay. and ever since COVID hit, I have been only online with them. I work out, I do an hour workout with them 5 days a week generally unless I can't make a weekday, but generally I do 5 days a week and they're kettle they're focused on kettlebell strength
0: training. So there's okay. a lot of
1: it's a hit workout, there's a lot of cardio and a lot of body weight, but a lot of kettlebell too.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's interesting, kettle kettlebells.
1: It's been fun. It's it's an addiction.
0: So I feel like cuz my my background has been in the fitness industry. Yeah. That uh, you're doing uh, that type of workout and that it is a hit. I'm a fan of hit workouts. One for the biggest reason is they just get your heart rate up so fast and they do. Uh, they're intense. And I like the intensity. So, well, good deal. Well, I know you have an amazing story for us today. So I am going to just let you uh, start sharing where you jump in where you want to start and we'll we'll get going.
1: Okay, sounds good. Well, my story really starts like for ch- from childhood. In my childhood, I was I was an overweight child. I was always bigger than all my friends, and I was really active. My parents, my dad and brother are avid bike riders. My mom and I used to walk like from our house to my brother's baseball games. We walked all the time. Walked all the time. We were very active. I was probably the most active of most of my friends growing up, but I was always overweight. Didn't matter what I did. And I dieted for my, I mean since I can remember, I have been on you know, all of the programs and everything. And then as an adult, I mean, when I got married, I was 300 pounds. I was always an overweight adult. So, I mean, it, it was, it was what it was. I didn't know any different. I didn't feel, you know, I was always big. So that's how I was anyways, fast forward to 2012. I had my son weighed it. I was 300 pounds when I had him and I had a coworker that had had some major success at Weight Watchers. She'd been going in-person to meetings. I had really never been consistent with going to in-person meetings before with Weight Watchers. I'd done the program, but I'd never really actually sat in the meeting room. So I joined with her and I kind of went periodically from July through March or into March of the next year. Like I lost 12 pounds and then gained it back and had the holidays and Wasn't really focused. It was same old, same old for me with every weight loss program I'd ever done. March 2nd, 2013, start of a new month. My birthday is in February, start of a new month in March and something clicked. I don't know what clicked. Something clicked. I focused. I went in, I walked in that meeting room and I weighed in and I continually went every Saturday morning for three years. If we were out of town, we, you know, I would I went to a meeting in Hawaii. I went to, I mean, I went to meetings always every week I would weigh in and it didn't matter where we were. I was super, super focused. The first, the first 25 pounds came off without any exercise and then I was able to quit working. So four months into Weight Watchers, I'd lost 25 pounds. I got to stay home with my son and I would load him up in the stroller with the dog and we would go for a walk and we would walk four miles a day every day. So, The weight started coming off. I was having some success. I was enjoying the meetings. I was making a lot of friends at the meetings. I still talk to people that I met way back then. My parents started taking my son on either Friday night or Saturday morning so I could do my Weight Watchers meetings. And then I would be able to exercise afterwards before I'd come pick him up. So it was really kind of neat to have the grandparent time on top of me having a little bit of my own time. Since I was a stay-at-home mom at that point, I didn't get a lot of my own time. In the fall, I decided to start Couch to 5K and we had this dingy old treadmill in our little garage and it pointed out the back window and I started doing, I started trying to run and I, you know, I was probably at that point, I was probably, you know, 250 to 270 pounds. I mean, that's a lot for a runner, but I was going to do it. So I started doing that and I can remember the first time I ran three consecutive minutes, I refused to look at the timer on the treadmill because that timer is never ending.
0: Mm -hmm. And I
1: just stared out the back flower at this yellow rose or back window at this yellow rose, just staring at it until my phone said, okay, you've met your three minutes. It was slow and I battled injuries, but somehow I got to the 5K. And then over the years I've done 5Ks, 10Ks, I've done three half marathons and it's just the running thing has just become a thing. So I had, it took me three years, but I lost a hundred and I think it's 147 pounds in that three years and a friend, an old co-worker asked me to be on my on their Hood to Coast team. So the company I had worked for had a Hood to Coast team and somebody reached out and asked if I would be on the team. And I only knew two of the people on the team, but I was like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll do it. That's always been kind of one of my goals is to be able to do that someday, but I never thought I'd ever be invited. And if you don't know what Hood to Coast is, it is a 199 mile relay from the top of Mount Hood starts at Timberline Lodge, and it goes all the way to Seaside. It's about 35-ish hours. There's 12 team mem- team members. Each person runs three legs. So you, you run basically a leg every 12 hours. And I think I that first year, my total mileage was somewhere around 15 miles. Okay. I didn't walk once. And that was my goal is to be able to run the entire the entirety of every one of my legs. So that was really exciting. And I was hooked. Mm -hmm. The next year I was pregnant. And so I wasn't on a team. And I sat at the finish line. And we we had been camping in the area. And so we were sitting at the finish line watching all these runners come in. And it is so inspirational. It's every shape and size, every ability level, people just And so many people are so encouraging as you're, as they're coming in, the finish line is so much fun. It's a party on the beach, but we weren't even partying. We were just watching people come in and it was so neat to see them. They're exhausted. They've been at this for days. You sleep in a van in a field. It's so we're watching them come through the finish line. And my friend says, well, why don't you just put a team together? Why don't you put a team together? And I was I was like, I don't know 11 other runners. I can't do that. And within a week, I convinced my brother that we knew 11 other people or 10 other people between, between the two of us that would run with us. So my husband's company decided, my husband owns a small business and we decided we would sponsor a team. So okay. I put our name in for the lottery and they only allow a thousand teams. I think it's a thousand 50 teams a year and there's a lottery and it is hard to get in. It is literally a name out of a hat and somehow we got a team. And mm. so we put it together and we ran it and it was the best time. And most, I'm trying to remember the first year, I think only, I might've been the only person that had ever run it before on our team. There might've been one other person. I can't remember, but, oh no, my dad was on the team. So he had run it before and I had run it before, but it was basically a team full of newbies and everybody had a blast. It was amazing. So I didn't want to be in the lottery again. And I had found out that Hood to Coast allows for fundraising teams. So you're, you basically sign up to, and you commit to raising, at that time it was $10,000 was your minimum. Now it's, I think it's 12 now. But anyway, so we signed up to be a fundraising team and it has brought our group so close together because we plan, we have an annual garage sale where my entire front yard, it's not even a garage, it's a yard sale, but my entire front yard, we have this massive boat shelter in our front yard and people fill it. It's like a two-car garage, basically. People come bring their garage sale donations and fill it with whatever they don't want around their house. And then we set it up and put it on tables and we sell it all. And the first year, I think we made like 1000 or $1,500. And then the second year, it was like $3,000. And last year, we made over $5,000 just oh in a yard sale because- the last day, we don't want to pack it up and take it anywhere. We Everything's a dollar. It doesn't matter what it is. Oh, wow. So we've done that. And we've done casino bus where people pay to, they, get, they buy a ticket to get on the bus and go down to Spirit Mountain for the night. It's actually just for the day, afternoon. We return the same day, but we play games on the bus and we are laughing and it's a lot of fun. And and the first year it was hard to sell all the tickets. And then the second year it was hard to not sell all the tickets. <laughs> We had limits. So anyways, we have raised, the first year we raised almost $20,000. The second year we, we raised over $20,000. And it's just been a really neat team bonding experience. So after I had, so I, I was pregnant in 2016, and that's the year that I didn't get to run head to coast. In 2000, I'd been breastfeeding my daughter. We had, we did our 2017 and 2018 hood to coasts. In 2018, I was in Vegas on a girls' weekend and I was in the shower and I felt a lump in my breast. And I was at the end of breastfeeding my daughter. And so I didn't really think much of it. I just kind of, you know, felt it and moved along with my day. That was in June of 2018. And by the end of the summer, I had real Middle midsummer, I had been working with a plastic surgeon, and I had booked a a surgery to get rid of all of my excess skin. I had finally gotten back down to my goal weight after having a baby, and I had a lot of excess skin from having been overweight for my entire life. So I scheduled a tummy tuck and a breast lift with a plastic surgeon, and something in the back of my mind just said, "You know, you should get that lump checked out." So I scheduled an appointment with my primary care physician who has been my doctor since I was 12. I love her to death. She said, I really don't think it's, I think you're right. I think it's a clogged milk duct from breastfeeding, but let's just get it checked since you're going to have this big surgery. Let's just have an ultrasound done on it. Why not? So I went in and had an ultrasound done on it and they said, yeah, it looks like it's a cyst. It looks like it could be a clogged milk duct. It's like 1% chance that it could be anything else. Just come back in six months. We'll recheck it. No big deal okay, fine. And I walked out of there and had my tummy tuck in October and breast lift and moved on with my life. And around the time, my birthday's early February. And around the time of my birthday, I got the six month reminder to go have that ultrasound check. It was just an email, have the recheck in an email. And it took me three phone calls to schedule the appointment and a week. I just kept, I really didn't think it was a big deal, but I was having some a little bit of pain when i was running in my upper chest it wasn't anywhere near where my the lump had been but something in my head told me okay let's go get this rechecked and i remember leaving my house that day and my husband had just gotten home from fishing and we had a friend here and he was he the friend was concerned about you know what i was going to go do and i was like i'll be back in 15 minutes it's no big deal Well, it was a big deal. I had the ultrasound and then they checked my armpit and asked me if I had any family history of breast cancer before this was the technician asked me that before he left the room to go get the radiologist. And I and then he left the room and I'm feeling in my armpit because I for anybody that's never had an ultrasound, there's a lot of measuring and clicking going on when they're looking for something or when they're measuring a lump or when they're measuring something. So there was a lot of clicking going on when they were looking in my breast, which I expected because there was definitely a lump there that I had felt. But when he got into my armpit and started clicking, in my head I'm going, "What in the world is he doing? What is he measuring? There's nothing in my armpit." So he leaves the room. And I feel my armpit and it has like a grape in it. It is huge. Mm. And I'm thinking, how in the world did I not notice that? I don't really think I knew how to properly do a self-check for breast A breast exam anyways so I would never I didn't even know to go in my armpit I never would have even thought to do that so anyways the radiologist comes in the room and she says well I'd like to put you in and have you I'd like to take you and have you get a mammogram right now so I go over and have the mammogram and then she comes in and talks to me and she sits face to face sits down and she says I said I really like I was shaking I was texting my husband and my best friend. I didn't know what to do. It was making me really nervous that they kept taking pictures of me, basically. And she sits down face to face and I said, I need to know what's going on here. And she said, I'm really concerned that you have breast cancer. And I'm gonna get you in for a biopsy. Can you come back tomorrow? And that's when it hit me. Holy cow, what's going on? A biopsy tomorrow, like tomorrow, not She said, I would do it today, but we don't, you know, we can't do it right now. So I went in and had the biopsy the next day. Well, I got, I left that appointment and I got all the way to the car and I was, I held it together until I called my mom and I just started bawling. And so she insisted to come with, that she was going to come with me to the biopsy. And I was like, no, I'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'll do it by myself. And she came with me. She insisted, she's in the room. The second radiologist says, now what did the doctor yesterday tell you? And I told her and she says, yep, that's what I think too. And I said, well, what could it be if it's not cancer? And she struggled to find an option of what it could be. She listed off different things and they were all cancer related. She leaves the room and the technician is holding pressure on my breast from the biopsy. And my mom and I are, we've lost it. We are just bawling and i said i don't get cancer i raise money for cancer research because mm-hmm. that is what hood to coast benefits it benefits providence cancer institute and i just sat there and thought you know in me for me i thought i'm a good person and i'm doing this without having had cancer that's not why why me why why me that's always been my thing why me i ended up got the call the next day she didn't want me to that was a wednesday and she didn't want me to have to wait through the weekend so she rushed the pathology and she called and said yep it's breast cancer it was invasive ductal carcinoma is what they call it and that's all she told me really so i had that was on thursday and by tuesday i was meeting with my surgical oncologist my medical oncologist i had appointments all day long they told me it was triple positive, which means progesterone, estrogen, and HER2 positive. HER2 is a extra protein basically. And it basically triple positive is the most aggressive form of breast cancer because it feeds off of hormones, but their positive spin on it was it's also the best kind to have because they can turn off your hormones. And there are a lot of immunotherapies and chemos out there that are really aggressive towards it. So Within 14 days, I was sitting in the chemo chair. Mm-hmm. I had had a PET scan, a breast MRI, I'd had a port placed. I, I, I had like 18 appointments in two weeks. I had my first chemo, I had six rounds of chemo. There was two different types of chemo and two different types of immunotherapy. Every three weeks I would have that treatment. And so I kind of started a tradition on the first day and I ran five miles that morning on my treadmill before I went in and checked in at the doctor. And that tradition continued through chemo. I ran every single time, every morning before I would go in and the nurses in the infusion room would say, well, how many miles did you run today? Um, Running I feel like is what got me through the cancer. It Through the chemo, the chemo part was the hardest. Obviously, it's always the hardest. Um, The losing of the hair, really, I thought it was going to be a huge deal, and it wasn't. We had a party that night. We had uh, not really a party, but we just impromptu, my hair is falling out. I tried the chemo, the Cold cap. They have a thing out there that's a cold cap. You basically freeze your hair follicles while the chemo is going through your veins. It was misery, and my hair was still falling out. And I just said, never mind. I'm not gonna. It add it adds on time to your treatments, and I just decided I wasn't gonna do it anymore. It wasn't worth it, and I was no longer afraid of losing my hair. And it, I shaved it off, and it was so empowering to yes, it's an emotional thing, but it was so empowering. I wore hats only to protect myself from the sun. I wanted everybody to know that I was going through chemo, that I was out there running on the roads. I would wear a sweatband to prevent it from the sweat from falling into my eyes versus a hat, because I wanted people to see that I was bald. And I guess maybe in the back of my mind, it was a little pat on my own shoulder, you know, pat on my own back for pushing myself to do something in between chemo rounds. I think it was two and three. I ran a total of 30 miles. I would always, it took me a week to recover a full week. And I would, Still do walks here and there. I definitely got outside and got fresh air, but it took me about 10 days to run again. And I would run after chemo. And like I said, between the rounds two and three, I ran about 30 miles. That was the most I ever ran in between. But in a 10 day span, 30 miles is a lot for somebody mm. who's going through active treatment. After chemo, I had my lumpectomy. I really wavered between a lumpectomy and a mastectomy. The reason I chose the lumpectomy at that point was when i walked into my medical oncologist's office that would have been late february i said when can we start chemo and i started looking at the calendar because hood to coast is the last weekend in august and i was gonna run it and he looked at me like like i was nuts and he said you're not running hood to coast this year you're going to be active treatment there is no way you're running hood to coast this year and i proved him wrong i scheduled my lumpectomy for the minute that they would take me in after chemo because they make you wait. They made me wait three weeks because when you're doing, when you're doing chemo, you're healing time, you have a higher risk of infection and whatnot. So they made me wait three weeks. I had my lumpectomy and my plan was I was going to have the lumpectomy as a time saver run hood to coast run a half marathon in Vegas in November. And then I was going to have the mastectomy right after that half marathon. So I had my lumpectomy in July and shortly after the pathology came back and I had not quite a complete response to the chemo. So what they do for my type of cancer is you do your chemo first, and then you have your lumpectomy afterwards or your mastectomy. And the idea is to downgrade you. So I was stage two, When I started chemo and by the time I had my lumpectomy, I was down to stage one because the chemo had attacked the tumor so well. I had, I had just teeny tiny bit left in my breast and my lymph nodes were all but one was clear, but they took 19 out. Oh wow. So after that, they told me because I had a little bit of residual cancer after surgery and after chemo or before surgery, after chemo, in surgery, they took it all out. But because I had a little bit left, they wanted me to do this new immunotherapy. It's, it was newly released for people that had lower stage cancers the people that have, it had been used on stage four cancer for a while because it per, it helps protect you from your cancer growing any further. Anyways, it's called CAD It came out in May and I, for lower stage cancers. And in August, I got to start it. And what was cool about it to me is I raised money for cancer research and I am now a direct recipient of cancer research and the new immunotherapies that are coming out. And basically I did 14 rounds of that infusion. I did it every three weeks from August until June of 2020. And it really wasn't terrible. It wasn't, it's not like chemo, your hair doesn't fall out. It's not, you know, I, I ran a fever the next day and then I was good. So I ran head to coast in August. I continued all my infusions. I got my pathology back and they said, because you had this residual cancer, we really, really, really want to do radiation on you. And in order to do that, we can't do the mastectomy after radiation because it shrinks your tissues up and it's really hard to operate on skin tissues that have been through radiation. So I had a lot of drama in that. I had spoken with a radiation oncologist that I really, really didn't like, and he was really demeaning to me. And I learned that you get a second opinion. If you don't like a doctor, don't go to that doctor anymore. Just just go somewhere else. I've learned in this that medical advocacy for yourself is huge. And if you don't feel comfortable with something, find out from somebody else. I ended up having a second radiation oncology opinion. I had a second surgical oncology opinion. I talked to my medical oncologist and we determined that having a mastectomy only gave me 1% better odds against having a reoccurrence for breast cancer. That's a huge surgery. For a 1% difference, it didn't make sense for me. So I did my radiation. I ran my half marathon in Vegas, the rock and roll half marathon on the strip in November. And I've just continued to run the running has been the biggest thing for me in after my half marathon in November of 2019 I had met Paula Harkin she owns Portland Running Company her and her husband do and I had heard a podcast where she was she's a run streaker and a run streaker runs at least a mile a day every day for 365 days. And it, she was so inspirational on that podcast. I listened to it twice and decided I'm going to run Streak. So I started run Streaking December 26th of 2019 before COVID hit, before The world shut down and I ran, I did a run streak for all of 2020. It got me through 2020 for sure. I ran a minimum of a mile a day. Most days it was three to five. Sometimes it was more, sometimes, you know, sometimes less, but never less than a mile. I had COVID and I still ran every day because I was in the middle of a run streak and I was not going to stop it. I ended up I needed to have a hysterectomy because I needed to turn off all the hormones in my body and eliminate everything. I'm on a uh, pill that I'm supposed to take for 10 years to eliminate all of the hormones in my body. And so I ended up choosing to have the hysterectomy. I still have to take that pill anyways, but I chose to have the hysterectomy. And I ended up scheduling my hysterectomy for... The minute, my, the minute my run streak ended, but before I had to pay another deductible in 2021. So I had my hysterectomy right after Christmas in 2020. I have since had some major issues with the drugs that I have to take or the medications I have to take for, to prevent any remaining estrogen in my body. And I'm actually currently on a medication break because it affected my legs so bad that I couldn't run. Okay. So I'm moving on to a different medication in about a week and I am continuing to, now I've got to start training for head to coast. So oh, nice. I am going to start a half marathon training pretty quick here because next week, because that's usually what I do to train for head to coast, because in the long run, you're running about a half marathon. So it, you know, you're breaking it up, obviously over three legs, but if I can run a half marathon, I can run head to coast is basically how I've always looked at it. So, I'm doing that. The other thing I found is this amazing running community with the Oregon Brewery Running Series. Okay. They go around. Actually, I'm drinking out of one of their mugs today, my coffee. <laughs> they go around and they host 5Ks at different breweries and they are so The community there is so phenomenal. They are so encouraging. They don't, they're family friendly. They don't care if you run or walk or skip or, you know, if you were in a wheelchair, they'd be fine with that too. They just host 5Ks all around. They've figured out a way to do it with COVID. They have longer, shorter start shorter amount of people starting at the same time. And they have spread it out over several hours. You start and stop at a brewery. You get to have a beer. They usually give you some sort of swag. That's where I got my mug. And the guys there are phenomenal. The guys are just, they're, they're so much fun and they're so encouraging. Everybody there is encouraging. So being able to run with them and on Saturdays, on the weekends, and, you know, be able to see people out and about is has been amazing. Also, it's kept me busy. And then like I mentioned in the very beginning, I also work out with warrior room and their community is phenomenal as well. And they, you know, it's, it's a live zoom workout. I'm not great when it's just push play whenever you want. I'm not good at that. I'm good at having something scheduled. And so that's, what's kept me super active for all of this time. I think I was, after my hysterectomy I was snow skiing after 8 weeks but I was mm. also doing warrior room after 8 weeks because I stay fit I could do those things and that's right. super super awesome. So I think I think I've completed <laughs> the things that I had written down for my story anyways.
0: Okay. So a couple questions. Uh-huh. What were you doing for work before you? Uh...
1: I worked for a title company. I was I was in escrow for 10 years. So I was sitting All day long but it was it was a really fast-paced environment and i did love what i did but i was lucky enough after my husband's business had grown that we were able to let me stop working so now i do um and now that i'm a quote-unquote stay-at-home mom i also run our i do all of our bookkeeping payroll all of that so i still do something periodically
0: right right so it sounds like there were two different people even though it was you, two different people between the time are before the click and after the click, right? You're obviously sounding more motivated, more determined, yeah. more intentional now. And it want
1: to. I want to like- s- say the click was maybe having a child and wanting to teach him healthy habits, but I don't, I, I really don't know what happened. I, it just, one day it just happened. It just, I became obsessed. And the obsession is absolutely what needed to happen. The funny thing is that before our our eating habits have changed, yes, but we didn't eat that bad before either. And, you know, my husband was overweight as, as a child as well. My son is as well. And even now we don't eat terribly. And so we just, all three of us have majorly slow metabolisms. And we just have to figure out what works for us. Like I said, I had done Jenny Craig and I had done, I had done Weight Watchers before, and I had done MetaFast and had nutrition counselors and personal trainers and nothing, nothing worked long-term for me. Nothing had taught me or, or clicked to the point where I wanted to stay with it. Weight Watchers finally clicked one day. It just finally clicked. I don't know if it was the program that they had at the time. I don't know what it was. It just clicked. My newest, my newest obsession is I have to get obsessed again because since I went into menopause, I have gained 25 pounds with no physical activity change, no eating change. It's just come on. So I've managed to stop the gain for the last two months and now I'm going to have to work on getting it down again. So it's never, it's never going to be over. That's the thing I thought after, you know, pre-tummy tech, I thought, okay, my body's good. I can just maintain this. And it's lesson learned. It's, I'm never going to be done working on me.
0: So, so a couple of things there. Number one is whatever it was that clicked. And in my experience, my background in fitness, the biggest thing that always has to change first, the first battle you always have to win is the one in your mind, the, the mindset shift. So something shifted with you, absolutely. obviously something triggered that shift and it, and it would just massively happened. Right. And that's normally in my experience, what needs to happen before somebody starts having some major breakthrough in their fitness program. So something obviously shifted with you and it, it sounds like, and I'm, I might be extreme here, but it sounds like it's what saved your life.
1: Probably. That I mean, shift. if I absolutely, if I had the reason I found my breast lump, if I'm being Crude, crudely honest, is because my, after having had such a massive weight loss, I had so much extra skin that my my breasts hung low and they were flat against my chest. And I could feel it when I was showering. If they had been as full as they had been when I was 300 pounds, I probably would have never found it. Absolutely. It saved my life. And also going through chemo would have been, I had this positive outlook because of, I was able to run because I was active because I was in a good mindset because I was healthy before I got diagnosed. I think going through chemo in a situation where I was not active, not physically fit. And you know, when I, when I weighed more, when I was at my heaviest, that would have been really difficult for me. And I'm sure it would have put me into a, a depression. I was out walking. I had chemo on Wednesday. I slept by Friday, I was sleeping. I slept all weekend. And back Monday, I was out walking again. I mean, I just didn't, because I was obsessed with being fit. I kept myself going. Right. And I had that running community with the brewery running series. I mean, I, when I couldn't run, I would volunteer for them. I, they were so encouraging throughout the whole thing. They, they held a fundraiser for our team at one of the breweries. They made it a fundraiser and they donated to our team. Mm. So they've been, and they always donate to nonprofits anyways, but they had chosen us for that one specific run and it was phenomenal. It was so amazing to have all of that support behind me because I'd been an active part of their community prior to being diagnosed.
0: So then the second thing I was going to throw in there with the mindset uh, shift, and I definitely can tell that just by listening to you, like whatever that click was, was just, was massive. And it sounds like it puts you in a position to be surrounded by the right community to be yes. getting your body stronger and healthier to go into this unexpected change just massive life changes you were encountering also realizing it's a journey it and, is and that was something that in my in my life i was always working towards a destination i was always working towards the payoff and realizing that it, and in listening into your story it really confirms it but it's the experiences along the way in the journey that I was missing, because I was always focused on what the payoff was at the end, where here you're telling your story, and I'm hearing all of these amazing experiences, like I can see your face light up, I can see your eyes light up when you talk about the Hood to Coast, when you talk about the running company, when you talk about the warrior room, like these communities, these experiences, like I hope that people who are listening to this get that. Yes, I mean, it's it's a smaller part of the bigger story, but get that like it's it's about the experiences it's about the journey it's not about the end result at the end i mean cuz like you said this is going to be an ongoing thing in, yeah, in absolutely. especially right especially with just the hysterectomy now you've got a new challenge if you will mm-hmm. which sounds like you look at it as of hey now it's just the next thing i got to do
1: oh believe me i am beyond frustrated <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is the next thing and i you know i i find myself, I generally, for I, I forgot to tell you, I went 17 months, <clears throat> excuse me, running at least hundred miles a month. Oh my gosh. And before my hysterectomy. And part of that was because when COVID hit, the brewery running series did a virtual challenge every month. And so I would sign up to do hundred miles every month. And then they'd send me some swag for doing what I said I was going to do. And they had one, you know, I had my hysterectomy and I was recovering and they had one that was for February, February and March or March and April. It must've been February and March. And so I did, I, I only signed up for 80 miles a month because I had just had a hysterectomy and I was just getting back in the swing of things. And I did that 80 miles a month. And guess what? Because of the medication, there are that I was on and my legs hurting so bad. I'm now, my legs don't hurt so bad, but I haven't made myself run. Today is Wednesday. I haven't run since Saturday. And okay. that was only because I had a brewery run to go to. So I have to challenge myself. I guess that's my point is that's why I'm doing a half marathon training. I have to challenge myself. I have to have something I'm looking forward to or working towards because otherwise, I just fall, just like everybody, I fall into the routine of the day, of the week, of the month, and I have the worry room that's scheduled, so I show up for it, but I don't have a run scheduled, and I don't have a mileage goal for a month, and I don't, like right now, I am not actively running it five days a week like I like to, so that's another part of trying to, trying to just say, I need, I know for me, I have to have a goal. I have to have a time that it's going to happen, or I have to have a goal that I'm working towards. If I have a goal that I'm working towards, or if I have signed up for a warrior room class, I'm going to go. So for me, that's what works for me. Just like Weight Watchers worked for me. I, I, I encourage anybody, you know, if you're, if you're looking into needing to do a big weight loss or a little weight loss, however, it's what works for you. If MetaFast works for you, if Jenny Craig works for you, or if Noom works for you, that's phenomenal. It's what works for you. Everybody is so different. That's why there's so many programs out there.
0: Right. Oh, absolutely. And I think it it comes a lot, it comes down to a lot more about the individual. Absolutely. Then, Whatever program is happening, because if you don't make your mind up that you're going to do it, it doesn't matter what it is. And then once you make your mind up that you're going to do it, then it's easier to find what's exactly. going to work for you. So good for you. So it's almost like I'm sitting here listening to the the habits of a highly successful person because you're like, I got to have a goal and I got to, you know, hey. in, in, in looking at it this way, like you're going to run a half marathon, which is what 13.1 13. One
1: one, 13. miles,
0: right? but it's not really 13.1 miles. It's all of the miles you ran to prepare Absolutely. for that yeah. 13.1. So it's not 80 miles or a hundred miles. It's the, you know, the, the 97 or 96 point something miles that you ran. So you could run yeah, the best that. 13.1 miles right. that you did. And it sounded like that's what you were doing when you, that mindset clicked to the time you found out that, you know, the life-changing episode of the cancer or the that moment like all of that was prep for walking into that
1: for another fight absolutely
0: yeah so that's really great so let's talk about the family a little bit as yeah. you say you have a husband and two kids and one of the you know and I talked to Deb Hart who was, has been on the podcast and you know really the 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 pink sisters movement and, and her thing yeah
1: she is that woman is phenomenal she's an amazing lady
0: right but she one of the things she she shared with me and i'm really interested to hear is she says a lot of times like families don't make it like the husband you know can't can't make it through that process for one reason or another and definitely not faulting anybody but you're you're still married
1: oh yeah we've been married for how many years now 12 years now we've been together and you know it's definitely it was difficult and we had some challenges that we had to work through just you know sometimes I feel and this isn't just with in in my personal relationship but Sometimes I feel like, you know, cancer was my fault, but it wasn't. So it's just, it's been, it's been hard, but I think it's brought us closer together. It's definitely given me a chance to rely on him more because I have so many appointments now. I mean, I'm still going to acupuncture and physical therapy weekly. So it's, it's given us more communication for sure. We always have to talk about our schedules constantly. Okay, I have an appointment here or whatever, because I am a stay-at-home mom and it is ultimately mostly my responsibility to have, to take care of whatever the kids need. So from that aspect, it's been really, it's actually been really good on our relationship because even before cancer, before we had our daughter, I was the primary parent and I was the one who, you know, who took the brunt of all of the parenting and it's definitely changed the way that we do things. And it's, it's built him, some confidence that he can go places with the kids. And, you know, when we had a baby and a toddler, he was like, never going to leave the house. I'll watch Mm -hmm. them, but I'm not leaving the house with them. And, you know, now he's, you know, I'll, I go out of town and he can take them for the whole weekend or, you know, and that's not to say that he couldn't before he was not capable, but it's not a big deal anymore. And it's just, it's definitely the communication aspect of it has been really, really big. It's been a very good thing for, I mean, if cancer can be good and if COVID can be good, there's good things that come out of bad, Right. So there's definitely some good things that have come out of it. And I would say that our marriage is stronger right now than it had been four years ago, definitely. And you know, cancer was only two and a half years ago, but it's, it's, it's been good. It's, I mean, cancer wasn't good, but the fact that it's brought us closer together and our communication skills are way better now. And it's been a nice thing. And, the, and just the family dynamic, everybody just kind of appreciates each other more. And we realize that, you know, we may not have all the time we thought we did. So we definitely are more appreciative of each other, more quality time, things right. like that.
0: So how does a conversation like that happen with, like, what do you tell your children when something like this happens?
1: We don't really hide things from our kids. My daughter was, she's four now, so she was not even two. She didn't understand that was not not a thing, Right? Or she had just turned two, actually. My son, the only thing he ever said to me, we you know, we told him immediately when I got the phone call, I was crying. And mom, why are you crying? And we told him, and I don't know if he really understood. I still don't know if he really understands the magnitude of what cancer is. But he he the only thing he ever said during my chemo weekends, my stepmom had breast cancer. It's now this summer, it'll be 20 years ago. And so Back when she had it, I was a teenager. I didn't really know what she was going through. I mean, she was bald, but I didn't live with her. And so I really had no idea what kind of a toll chemo takes, but she did. She knew. So she insisted that she take my kids every single solitary weekend when I had chemo. So she would have them from basically, I started feeling, I had have chemo on Wednesday and I'd start feeling icky on Friday morning. She would take them Thursday night and not return them until Sunday or Monday. And one of the times I walked my son to school after a chemo weekend and he said, mom, I just wish you would stop having surgery so I didn't have to leave all the time. Mm -hmm. And that was literally the only negative comment he ever made. He was six. So I don't, I don't know that it really made a huge impression on them. I think that when they're older, they'll probably go, Yeah, my mom had breast cancer, but I don't really remember that it did anything, you know, I don't really remember Mm it. Right. And I'm glad for that. But like I said, we don't really filter a lot of things for them. We're very real and honest. And if it's if it's not good, it's not good. And if it's good, it's good. So really we're really open about that. I just, as an example, my son was four when my grandfather passed away and he had been in their house for three days a week while I worked. He'd grown up going there all the time. And I spent three days at their house while he was dying and I kept my son with me because he I wanted him to see the process I wanted him to see not me not be scared of it I wanted him you know I I we just don't hide anything from the kids really we try
0: not to no that's good yeah good good so I have to ask how did you meet Deb Hart
1: so Deb I noticed or I I heard in her podcast that you did with her that she talked about Stevens Marine and they had donated her donated a boat motor to her right and so she had gone in there and she sat down with brad engel who is one of the stevens marine big mucky mucks Mm -hmm. and he happens to be my uncle and so she sat down with him and she was asking him you know if he could help by providing a motor or i'm not sure exactly what she asked for but while she was asking for his help he heard her story and he heard what she does with pink sisters and he said, I would be happy to give you, I, I will give you guys a boat motor, but I really, really, really want you. I have a niece that's battling cancer right now and I would love for her to get in on one of your retreats. Please call her, please, you know, please contact her. And she sat in the parking lot of Students Marine and called me and told me who she was and what she did and asked me if I would want to come on a retreat, excuse me, on a retreat. And so she got me in and, you know, they're, They're highly coveted. This was in 2019. I had just finished chemo. I was still bald and she was still hosting them in her floating home. So she said she had two spots available for one of the, for one weekend. It was with a group of people coming up from Corvallis And she didn't usually like to mix a group that already knew each other with extras, but she had two spots available and did I want to come? And so I asked a friend that I had met through the cancer process, Angela, if she was available. And we got to go stay at Deb's house for two nights and be pampered and meet some phenomenal ladies that were, actually all of them had already gone through the process. Some of them were five years out. Some of them were two years out and we got to, talk. you know, you just, she says that we leave cancer on the dock, but it's not even that it's to be able to have a community of other people who have been through what you've been through. They've been further along in the process. I was going through the nightmare of trying to determine whether I was going to have radiation or whether I was going to do the mastectomy. And I was really having a hard time making a decision. And I got to talk to women about it that had made those decisions already, Right. you know, one of them had a single mastectomy and no reconstruction. Some of them had had reconstruction. Some of them had different types of reconstruction. They were all showing, you know, everybody shows their scars and Mm. really kind of, it's raw and it's open and it's honest. And you're meeting people that have been through the same thing. And that is what is amazing about Pink Sisters. It's fun. And she literally, she won't let you put a dish in the dishwasher you don't do anything while you were there for yourself. You, other than work on your mental, there was yoga on the dock. We did kayaking and paddle boards. She took us on an evening cruise down the Willamette river. It was, I know that wasn't the Willamette, that was the Columbia. Anyway, she took us on an evening cruise on the pontoon boat. And it was just a really phenomenal weekend full of some amazing ladies. And people that I still am in touch with and probably will always be in touch with, especially with Facebook. That makes it easy. But yeah, it was, she's just a neat lady. And and then she had us, she had her real men wear pink calendar that she put out last year and asked my husband to be in it. So my husband- wow to come wear his pink shirt. And my uncle Brad from Stevens Marine brought his yacht up and we took photos on the yacht. And it was just a really neat experience to see the men that are behind the women that have done, have gone through all of this. All
0: right. All right. What, uh, what month was he?
1: I think he's November. He hasn't come up yet.
0: November. All right. That's awesome. So you also are have a chapter like we talked about at the very yeah, beginning yeah. the waves of pink stories of sisterhood so you were you got to write a chapter in that book yeah, that was really
1: you know it's it's hard we had a deadline and i kind of started it and kind of stopped it and it's hard to kind of really get into your story and make it concise enough to be under a certain character count and i kind of put it off for a while because i didn't know where to start and then i finally sat down one day and i started in the middle And I think I started talking about Hood to Coast. And then I kind of started the beginning and started, you know, and finished the end. And it really came together. It was really healing. I was able to, one of the other gals that was in my book was at my retreat weekend at Deb's house. And so, you know, we kind of shared, we emailed back and forth and shared each of each of our stories. And it was neat to see other people's writing styles. And, you know, I had already submitted mine and then I read hers and I thought, oh, I should have done it this way. Or, you know, you always kind of think differently, but that's the thing. That's me. That's how I write. So that's, it came out right and then I was able to that with the second book I have another friend that I've met through this process she has she's was treated at the same at Compass Oncology just like I was and so she was able to write a chapter and we were able to chat about it ahead of time and she sent it to me and I gave her some feedback so it's been really neat to be involved in something so fun and you know I don't I don't know that I have a whole book in me but I definitely had a chapter.
0: That's great. Well, it sounds like you have a whole book in you. It really does. I mean, if you tie all of those, the hood, the, the, before your story, right. before the mindset shift, the, the click, and then preparing for a life-changing moment that, that happened with the cancer and then your battle through cancer. I mean, we haven't even really talked a whole lot about the family, but I'm sure there's a whole lot more of stories inside the family aspect of you and your husband and other family members. I mean, there probably is, but you're right. I mean, that one chapter is probably going to impact so many women and others that. uh, Yeah, I hope
1: so. I mean, I, I talked a little bit in the beginning about why I was diagnosed and I couldn't figure out why me, why me. And I've decided that why me is because I already have a friend that got diagnosed because of me. Because I posted on my one-year cancer diagnosis anniversary on Facebook, and she read that post and thought, I have a lump, I need to get it checked. And she went in and got it checked. Best case scenario was so early that her doctor couldn't even believe she found it. Stage one, she had a lumpectomy and some radiation. She does have to do the medication like I do to prevent the hormones, but she didn't have to go through chemo. It didn't spread to her lymph nodes. Her risk is so low. And that is the thing about breast cancer is early detection is basically prevention. It is how... It is the best, basically my friend that got diagnosed, it was the best case scenario. And it was almost like I guilted her into going in based on just making a post. And so if I can be out there and open with my story and inspire somebody to go get their breast checked if they haven't yet, or inspire somebody to start running or inspire somebody to lose the weight that They've always thought they couldn't do, lose. That's why I do the things I do. That's why I share my story. I'm open about it. I have, there is no question that's off the table. Nothing's too personal. I am, I will, and I, I will have a one-on-one conversation with literally anybody. I am an open book.
0: Right. Okay. One of the things I'm continually hearing in the podcasts and, and the different individuals are the different overcomers, I should say, is you know, first of all, the real, the raw, the honest, you know, we're just basically taking everything that's holding you back off the table. And we're going to have a real open, honest uh, conversation. And that's why I like to call it the, you know, Thomas Life and coffee, because usually when I was having raw and honest conversations with people, it was over a cup of coffee. And of course I love coffee too. So that really helps, but you know, we're just, it just sounds like the battles that you have gone through, you know, the, the things that you're you're paying the price for, you're wanting to pay it forward.
1: Absolutely. And
0: I feel like just about everybody that I've talked to on the podcast or, or you know, are getting ready to be on the podcast, that's their thing. It's like, I've gone through this. I don't want anybody else to have to uh, go through the same level or go through what I've gone And that sounds a lot like what you're saying.
1: Right. And, and for breast cancer, one in eight women are going to be diagnosed in their lifetime. Think of the number of women, you know, one in eight. So it's, I would much rather have gone through, I'm strong. I would not wish what I had to go through on my worst enemy. I had to go through it because I could, because I could physically handle it and mentally handle it. And I had a massive support system behind me. Massive. So, you know, I, it's a lesson I learned and to be able to, you know, so my friend that got diagnosed a year after I did has, she's a dentist and she has a patient that just got diagnosed with the exact same staging and type as I have. So I was able to get in touch with her and give her the tips and tricks before she gets started chemo, you know, the nose sores that are gonna come and the mouth sores that are gonna come and the products that work with them or don't work. The the I mean, my face broke out so bad and it was so painful. And so she had her first chemo, same thing. Okay, here's what you need to do. Just because I had to kind of, I had a lot of people to help me along the way and finding the products and whatnot, but it was piecemeal. So now I have it all written down. And if somebody I know gets diagnosed, I either, if it's somebody I know, I go buy all the things and give them to them. But if it's somebody new, then I am going to give them the information that I found that took me however long to find because I suffered through things.
0: Hmm. So the, the, one of the big things I wanted to talk about or right, give you an opportunity to talk about is the Hood to Coast team. Yes. Where do we stand? What do we what's the future with that?
1: So Hood to Coast was called off for 2020 because of COVID. They are planning to be on this year. Okay. They are planning the they have a whole bunch of measures put in place for COVID safety. I do have a couple of teammates that are choosing to not run this year for comfort levels, and that is hundred percent. Okay. So we've got some new people that are going to run with us for the one year, but you know, our, we're going to have our garage sale at the end of July. Again, we, my parents own a restaurant and we're going to do what we call a team takeover. It'll be our first time to do this, but basically as a team, we are going to go be the servers and the cooks at the restaurant there's going to be live music that night and so we'll be working for tips basically and so that'll be at the end of july and then we're going to run our hearts out at the end of august and and hopefully everybody is going to be ready to do it because we're excited the, the the group the main group of us is very excited to get it going and yeah we had to add a couple extra people but that's okay it's just a very i'm really really looking forward to it it's my church Right. It really is.
0: Okay. And we're definitely going to put the two links down below one for the, the book the, the uh, Stories of Sisterhood, and we'll definitely put the link for the Hood to Coast. I guess it's the fundraising, right?
1: Yep, it's the fundraising link. It uh, benefits Providence Cancer Institute for Cancer Research, and we're going to finish cancer once and for all.
0: There you go. There you go. And what is the restaurant?
1: The restaurant is called Smoky Hearth Bar and Grill, and they are out in Sandy, Oregon, behind the Fred Meyer and in the same parking lot as the Cinema.
0: Okay. Yes, Yes. So the only thing I know about Sandy is the Joe's Donuts. Now I know.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. They're, they're on the other end of town. They're on the beginning of town. Okay. I think they're closed on Mondays and Tuesdays, but as of June 1st, they'll be open seven days a week again.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, outstanding. So we, and one more time, what was the name of it?
1: It's called Smoky Hearth Bar and Grill. Bar and
0: Grill. And they, are they open now?
1: They are open now. Okay,
0: yes. good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well,
1: they're, good too. They're,
0: Just shared... Shannon Preston's story today on the Thomas Life and Coffee podcast. And it was it's just another amazing story of another overcomer. Shannon, thank you so much for being on the oh podcast. My thank you
1: so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And so if you are interested in any of the links, they will be in the description below. And of course, if you have any questions about anything like this story resonated with you, there will be a link down below. And we would love to connect with you and just talk through what that looks like. And of course, if you know somebody who has an amazing overcomer story, then we would absolutely love to talk to them and see if they are going to be a good fit for the podcast. And we would love to share their story. So again, thank you, Shannon. And we will see you in the next podcast.
1: Bye.